Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Yo, people, Anna David with After Party Pod. After Party Pod is a part of After Party Magazine, a website determined to change the face and get rid of the stigma around addiction and recovery. Now, After Party is a part of RehabReviews.com, the world's largest resource for treatment centers across the globe. You can go there to see if your rehab stay could be free. Go to RehabReviews.com slash benefits dash check. What else can you do there, you may ask? You can get a Recover Girl t-shirt. Just go to RehabReviews.com slash after dash party slash shop. Anyway, you'd know all of this if you were signed up for our newsletter. What are you doing? Go sign up. RehabReviews.com slash newsletter dash sign dash up. Now here's the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hey y'all, Anna David with After Party Pod, podcast about addiction recovery. And today it's about what happens when people stop being polite, and start getting real about recording devices. You're used to me having recording problems if you're a regular listener. This was a whole new level. Related to dropping the recorder, related to it then not charging, related then to Rob Patterson showing up, and I have a dead recorder, and he happens to mention that he's a, I don't know, like a sound guy. He, of course, he's a musician. You'll hear, you'll hear all this. He had the ability to take the recorder apart and put it back together and then gave me a 9-volt charger so that it could charge like a crazy super speed charger. Unfortunately, I discovered after recording this fantastic interview that you're about to hear that it what I did busted the internal part of this recording thing. So... I am, this is the second version of the intro that I'm recording because the first one sounded awful, not good enough for your, for your sweet ears. And so I now have a, a sound guy who's working on making the interview sound fantastic, dulcet toned. Um, but anyway, and, and this is, this is an interview. God, we really hung out. Uh, it was broken up into three parts because circumstances kept intervening. And in between these three parts, he and I were in constant communication. It was sort of like hanging out with a new friend for a few days, which would never have happened otherwise. He's someone that I've sort of known from afar for my whole sobriety and not known at all. And we get into that. And and let me tell you about who he is in case you don't know. He is a guitarist. He was the guitarist for Corn from July 2005, excuse me, to March 2008. He's been in many other bands, and he, uh, well, in, if you thought he was dead, I've got good news for you. He's not. There was a death hoax about him. He didn't know it. You get to hear me tell him about it in this interview, which is so very meta. For you, 
gossip magazine folks. He was engaged to Carmen Electra for many years. And yeah, that's it. This is a good one. You guys are going to like this. This is Rob Patterson. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? I don't know what you're doing, but I'm about to find out. Yeah. While you're while you're doing it, can you hold the mic up? Okay. So you're apparently you're. You made an iPhone app last night. Hold that. Shit. Okay. So what's happening, listeners, he's handing me this like weird thing that looks a little bit like an earplug or a vibrator. Okay. It's a vibrator. You made a vibrator. Yes, but it's powered by Bluetooth. And so like you can have the app or somebody else could have the app. All this would be like much obviously smaller. Oh my God. Like so from fancy dinner and then. Okay. So from your. The girl. Yeah. Or guy. But she's got to have it in her for it. You know, Velcroed on or something. I don't know. I didn't think about that. I just found that thing and I just decided. Oh I my! If I could make it God. wireless, and there's the it's very simple. Oh my God! I they're virgin ears. It says pussy on, pulse pussy, pussy off. Is it working still? No, nothing's happening. Okay, now it's happening. It's like a pulse. a pulse. Yeah. I know about vibrators. On. On. Yeah, that's a pulse as well. And that's off. That's amazing. It wasn't that hard. This strikes me as something that somebody would do um, on speed, and yet you did it sober. Isn't this? I, I never on d- speed. I never d- like like. Isn't this what people do like when they're on math? They write apps on iOS. They take they take whatever crazy contraption that is with the yellow and orange cords, and they put them together. But usually, what I hear. I don't know about that. I've never seen someone on speed actually know how to use no. microcontrollers. Oh, I mean, I don't even know what that word means or, or what that is, but I will say that I think what people do is that they like decide, they're like, I'm going to make a computer phone, and they take apart their computer and take apart their phone. Work? No, of course it doesn't work. That's the difference, I think. But but that's amazing. So you this knew... It's kind of like, I mean, I've been doing this stuff for not that long, but I've been like into computers since I was a kid. I actually got busted for computer hacking when I was 14. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um... That's, no, I mean, no, I'm not kidding. You're not kidding. But that's, that's uh, I would not think that, and I'm making this up, that like musical talent and computer, I, I guess I would get that they go together, but not like this. Well, I mean, uh, to get like more of a history, my father um, was, was a cellist for, yeah, yeah. for the Boston Symphony Orchestra for 42 years. Is this thing still working? It's See, totally- I'm going to have to fix the recording device that we're using. I know. Once Wait, hold done. on. That reminds so me. I'm going to get my second recorder, so we're double recording. Okay. I'm, you know, very pro- professional here. Hang on. I'm going to stick this thing up my bunghole and try it out. Okay, don't shock the listeners with whatever you do um, while I can't control it. Um, yeah, so listeners are, are accustomed to me having a lot of uh, various and sundry recording issues, so it's too bad you're not here every time. But you need this. You just record it, you not use that. What do you just mean? Get something else. What, not use the second one? Oh, okay, anyway, what happened today is that I dropped the recorder in, in a bit of frustration yesterday, and so it wasn't charging, and so Rob walked in here with a, a knife that he put to use by taking this thing and apart. A, a, what do they call them, those little bags of speed when they're like teener? 
Yeah, yeah, I guess a teen. I guess I don't know. We're we're boring, sober people. Person. I wasn't either. I did. Yeah. So your thing was like being more aware. Right. Well, it's interesting. I always said when people um, talked about um, like doing acid or even mushrooms or ecstasy to a degree, it's like I didn't do drugs to expand my mind. Like I did it to close it. You know. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, it started off not that way. Okay, so let's talk. I mean, so so start off. So you so you grew up and you were into computers yes. and music and drugs. No, I didn't take any drugs till I was almost twenty six. You're kidding. No. So where'd you grow up? In Natick, Massachusetts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I read that. Um, I went to co- college in Hartford, Connecticut. That's kind of close, right? Yeah, it's like forty five minutes away. Yeah, a lot of people were from yeah. places like yeah, Natick yeah. or whatever. Um, well, Natick is only famous for one thing. And Doug Flutie, who's a football quarterback. Okay. Who won the Heisman Trophy. Okay. If you're into football, you'd know who he is. Right. I mean, I know who he is because he's from Natick. Well, you are, um, I just learned yesterday, uh, famous enough to have had a death hoax. A what? A death hoax. What the fuck are you talking about? Wait, are you kidding me? You have to understand something. I don't, like, search myself. Or do any weird shit like that. You so. did not know that there was ever no. a day that it was rumored that you died. No. Okay, you've heard of these things. Yes. It was like on Twitter or some shit. How could you not know? How could no you one have to told find you this, this and show it? Show me. Uh, I mean, is it possible it's another Rob Patterson? There's no way. Maybe they're thinking of that other asshole. Who's the other asshole? The one that has a name similar to mine that's in some vampire movie. Oh God! No! 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 Not Robert Patterson. No, no, no. It's you. And there were all these people that were very upset. It turned out you were alive. What? Maybe I'm not alive. What if that's the case? So if that's the case, then is this hell or is it heaven? Well, obviously, I'm here. So it's hell. Stop it. <laughs> um, okay, that I'll show you this story. Okay, wow. Okay, so Natick, Massachusetts. Yes. And what's happening there? You're being a good Nothing. kid. Nothing. Nothing's happening. I mean... I have a sister that's four years older than me, so she started, like, partying and stuff, and it just, none of it really looked appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And my dad was an alcoholic. Just, I was kind of disgusted by the whole thing. So I kind of just locked myself in my room, and my parents got me a computer, which is um, an Apple IIe, if you want to look that up. Mm-hmm. This was in 1985. Mm-hmm. And there was no internet, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And there was no, you know, high, nothing. Just compu- like dial up. You, what, they didn't even no call dial it dial up, up because it wasn't that really. Came in there's no dial up. No, yeah. There's no network to connect to. You mm-hmm. just connect f- from my computer to the other computer. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just did that. And then I got into this kind of like underground, like hacker world. And um, I basically didn't go to school. Um, and I just stayed in my room and just did the programmed and explored basically that's what hackers are they're just kind of like explore shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this would be considered hacking right like hacking right this shit together it's the same thing right 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 i mean i used to think of hacking simply as breaking into some place to obtain something right which is what i got busted for by the way so how, how there was not much to hack back in those days i mean yeah there was okay so what did you have i'll explain what happened okay. really quick. so in this like underground pseudo hacker world um there were these kids and they, everyone would like threaten each other with shit and mm-hmm. the, the one of the big threats was like i'm gonna get your parents credit card number and charge a bunch of shit to it and yada 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 right mm-hmm. and so this one kid said something like that to me and 
I was like, you have no idea like what you're doing or what you're talking about. So I had a friend who lived in, um, in Texas, another hacker named Eric Bloodax. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even be saying any of this. Oh. That's okay. We and Eric, I knew that he knew he, his thing was like credit bureaus. Mm-hmm. It was called TRW back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, instead of me like sitting there all night trying to figure out how to get into this thing, I just, you know, called my friend and said, mm-hmm. hey, do you, can you get a credit file from a phone number? Mm-hmm. He goes, absolutely. Wow. So within like an hour, my phone rang and my computer answered and in came this file of the kid's mom's credit file. Oh, my now, God. Now, back then... It had everything on it. Expiration date, full numbers. Right. Like you could really do some damage. Right. So my ego took over. Mm-hmm. I called the kid up on the phone. Mm-hmm. I said, get a pen, mm-hmm. write this number down, and read it to your mom. Click. Mm-hmm. That was the end. So you didn't even go and charge anything. Nope. But the cops were at my house the next day, and I was in bed. Uh. Now, mind you, back then... Nobody really had uh, like storage, so everything was on floppy disks. So like whatever was in the like on it was in the like, you know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was on the disk. And so my mom, who's Puerto Rican, she's always threatening that this truant officer. I don't even know if truant officers actually exist. <laughs> do they? I, or is it something? Is parents, it like something like, from fiction? Um, like the boogeyman. I think they do, but go on. My mom knocks on my door and says, "Robert, the truant officer is here," and I'm like, "Huh?" So these two guys walk into my room. They're not the truant officer. It's the native, a detective from the native police department, okay. some, some other guy. Isn't that worse than a truant officer? Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. But my mom, that's what she thought. Yeah, like, yeah. Apparently. Or she wouldn't let him in. Yeah. So the shit's on the screen. I'm busted. Right. Right? So he takes the disc out, which I'm not, now wouldn't be legal. But Right. So he's saying all this stuff, asking me. I'm like, oh, some guy up. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I'm just trying to get him out of the house, basically. So they're like, oh, we have a problem. This is so-and-so from TRW. You just flew in here for this. And we'll be back tomorrow. And I was such in a fantasy world. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe they won't come back. Right. So right. I had a hard drive, which I was the only person I knew that had a hard drive. And it was right. a whopping two megabytes. Right. And it was two grand, that thing. Yeah. Anyway. And so I, I, I didn't do anything. Hard, but I hid all these, like, notebooks and stuff. I had all, like, anarchist cookbooks, all that kind of yeah, crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They came back the next day. Yeah. And I was at... Uh, a place called Papa Gino's Pizza Place. Yeah. And I was walking home and there was like five cruisers in park in front of my house. And literally it was like a movie. The guy was walking out with my computer as I walked up. Wow. And I started crying. He's like, why are you crying? I'm like, that's literally everything. Right. So fast forward court for, it seemed like a year. Wow. Uh, my penalty was I couldn't have a computer for a year. And then when I got it back, I couldn't have it in the same room where there was a phone line for an additional year. So I started playing guitar. Okay, today you would be in like in prison, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Except I was fourteen. You would be in like juvie. Something would have happened. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't have that law then. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Now there's no way. Yeah. I mean, people still do shit like that all the time, but I mean, nobody would call the dude up and say, "Read this off to your." Nobody would do that because they'd know better. Um. So, okay, so you pick up a guitar. Yes. So this ended up being a fortuitous event that they took yes. your computer away. Yes. So, and I'm you... I'm kind of regretting it, actually. Regretting what? Because if I'd stayed with the computers... Well, you know, I grew up in San Francisco, moved back to, you know, the Bay Area after college. This whole Silicon Valley thing is happening. 
I'm like, I was just so close. And I just, you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, um, but, but. Well, you know, yeah, so I did that. But world famous musicians. So how can you. Oh, I don't know about that. You're famous enough to have a death hoax that you don't even know about. I guess. I mean, I thought that when I had a, got a pick with my name on it, that that would be it. Like I've made it. Right. But do you think, don't you think that whenever you have something like that, you're like, you just want the next thing that's going to prove that you made well, it? Well, if you're having a pick with your name on it, nowhere means anything, really. I didn't even know that that was a thing. It sounds really impressive Well, that to was me. just my own, you know, oh, when I finally get a, you know, whatever, a record deal or what, there's always something, you know what I mean? But but you did. You yeah. have had all that. Yeah. So then. And here I am, and homeless, broke, and making devices that vibrate. You know what? Bluetooth. But okay, so so talk to me about this like this this journey. Okay, so you so you teach yourself to play guitar? Yes. And uh, you just you just happen to have a guitar or whatever. No, you got one. I mean I got my parents got me a guitar and I blackmailed them into getting me like a really nice guitar because my dad, when he was I think he I forget if it was he was seventeen or he was twenty one. I get the numbers mixed up. But my grandfather bought him a cello. Mm-hmm. It was either 17 grand and he was 21 or <laughs> yeah. he was 21 and it was 17 grand. Okay, I forget yeah. which I do the same one, shit with numbers, yeah. My dad just sold that cello like a couple of years ago for about a million dollars. Wow. Of course, he didn't tell me because he knows I would have hit him up for money. Anyway, so I said, well, Grandpa bought Dad a cello. Like this guitar is $1,200, mm-hmm. which is a, seemed like a lot back then. Yeah. And um, there's no way they could say no. Yeah. Because the price, it's still way, you know what I mean? I just yeah. used, and they did. And, you know, of course I got rid of that guitar. And now that's 40, that one's worth 44 grand. I'm kicking myself for that. Okay, but hold on. D- didn't you make a fortune playing I mean, for corn and all of that? What's a fortune? Um, I was stupid with right, my money. Right, I mean. I, I was t- very dumb. I'm not good with anything except for playing guitar and making circuits. Banks. But also, Money. every you, all you, we all get screwed over. You and I were having this conversation about banks and how much they screw us over. But I do feel like you hear stories about musicians getting like screwed over by managers oh. more than anything oh, yeah. else. Um, but okay, yep. okay. But so what happened to you is I, so anyway, you're playing guitar. You you you. I practiced eight hours a day. Practiced eight hours a day. Yeah. And did you? Because uh, you were in a big band before Corn, right? Well, I was in a band called Otep. Yeah, that's the one that we got the record deal, and that's that's the fucking over story, but. That's a whole other thing. Okay, well, we'll the, shit, the, the singer was a girl. Uh huh. Um, decided one day after we had parted ways to have her brother call the record company and pretend he was me mm-hmm. and simply change the address where my royalty checks went. Oh my god! For years, I thought the album just stopped selling. Oh my god! And I found out like much later on after I just I agreed to do another album with her and didn't know. She obviously knew the whole time, but I did right. another album. And in doing that, the bass player was like, oh, yeah, the, the, just call this number of EMI people and talk to them. So I called them, and they're like, no, you've been getting the checks. Like, And he's, I said, well, where are you sending them? And she started saying the address, and I, she didn't even have to finish it. I was like, were they cashed? Yes. So what did you do? I, well, I had to send me. It was the, literally the maddest or the angriest I've ever been ever, except for one other time. I got the checks. I was in Vegas with my fiance at the time. And I went, picked him up, and I'm in the elevator looking at him, and they're all forged, yeah. my signature. And, and then he started just doing paid the order of for deposit only. Right. But like $22,000 worth, which is 
not it's the principle more than the money yeah. although i want the money That's but funny, like though. um he denied the whole thing and it's like hi, 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 hi. you can't you know yeah it's like and so to this and, but day the, what really angered me more than that was the fact that two weeks previous to that i finished the record with the person who stole my money oh the, the girl or her brother it's a girl. What's wrong like, with this girl who's like bringing you back into the fold? She's a fucking cunt. Right, right. You're allowed to swear on this podcast lest okay. you are worried. That, I don't I don't hate literally anyone in the right. entire universe except for her. Right. And I mean, there's no other way to describe it. So she knew the whole time that she had done this to me. Yeah. And I agreed to do this record. So I finished everything. And then like I found out. And so I felt like betrayed on all different levels and yeah. every angle. Like... The fact that, like, I just more the fact that I just spent two months in the studio with yeah. her, and I got, and she had literally pumped one in me and knew it. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like not. It's worse than being cheated on. Right, a thousand times worse. Right, right. You know, and then I'm still like trying to get the money back, like because yeah. it's such a weird amount that lawyers don't want to take the case because yeah. it's not enough. Yeah. And then the ones that are lower don't know enough to pull it off. What about what I mean? small claims for it? Huh? Small claims court. Isn't that what you I do? I have to go to Dallas, Texas, though. Oh, because that's where That's it the stumbling block in all of right, this. I'd have to right. literally go to Dallas and file it there. Right. But, yeah, so there's that. You know what I mean? So things yeah. like that happen. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. Um, but to get back to, I made a substantial amount of money in through that and through corn and all that stuff, but I spent it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, again, that's also, like, the, the concept I have about musicians is that they're the ones that blow through it. The fastest. Oh, yeah. I don't it know. Wasn't even on, it wasn't on any. I just liked things. Yeah. You know? It didn't seem like I had a lot, except that I had a Porsche, a BMW, a Harley, and a Tahoe at the same really, time. Do you really? So when you say it didn't seem like you had a lot, are you being facetious? Like, do you really think that? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Because at the at time, the time it, didn't feel it like seemed it. right. I mean, when you're making, you know, however much, $20,000 a month, and the car's $1,500 a month, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. Now, it's ridiculous. Were you happy with all of that? I mean, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 Well, so, um, okay, so let's like weave in the, the addiction stuff. So you didn't do drugs till you were 27, is that what you said? Yes. So through all this, I convinced my parents to send me to music school mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. which they did. Mm-hmm. And I was, I drank and stuff. It's, yeah. I didn't get drunk. I don't think I was. I think I was like 18 or 19 the first time I felt alcohol, mm-hmm. which is way late where I come from. It's like 13, 14 people oh, yeah. are drunk. It's late by my standards too. Um, yeah. And uh, moved out here, quit school because I it was my fault. I joined at the wrong, I was bored. Like I was already like back home before I moved out here. I had like 45 students. I was 18. I'd only been playing for three years at that point. Mm-hmm. And I had a job at a record store, a music store. And it literally had 45 students at one point. So I joined at Intermediate at Musicians Institute, which mm-hmm. is like a taboo to say. No one admits to going there, by the way. Is that the place that's down the street from right here? There, yeah. yeah, I've passed it the other day. Yep. Okay. Because um, it's, it's just a stupid school or something like that. What? Why, why don't people admit to going? It doesn't matter. It's just one of those things. It's like, I don't even know like what to compare it to. But I quit after a couple months because it just it, the kids that were in my class just couldn't play. Okay, yeah. I could have taught the class. And I hate to say that because I'm I'm not saying I'm like some, you know, fucking Eddie Van Halen or whatever. But it was my fault. I should have joined at the advanced level. I was trying to, well, I thought it was going to be a lot harder. Well, harder. Yeah. And the curriculum might have been hard if I 
like or whatever challenging but the fact that everyone else was just like could barely tune it was just right and i started like partying and stuff and drinking a lot you know and actually right across the street from where we are mm-hmm. was my stomping ground i lived on sycamore just north of hollywood in this place called the sycamore lanai it's still there oh it's it the is first building after where the where the parking structure is like first after building. that little thai restaurant no north of Hollywood. Like okay. if you walk out this door, okay. Oh, okay. turn left, and then turn left up Sycamore. It's the first okay. apartment building yeah, on the yeah, right yeah. Hand side. And it was a studio apartment, which I lived in with my friend Doug, who moved out here with me. Mm-hmm. And um, God, it was fucking small. But I used to go to this club called, what was it called? Whatever that place is across the street. I think it's called World now or some shit. Okay. Whatever. I would like, you know, and then I still, I just drank and, you know, just kind of did that and got a job. Working at attorney service or something, like serving people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, is that the timer? No, we still got time. Okay. That's my... Um, So fast forward, you know, I did that, moved, like, like, we got a house somewhere eventually, and yada, yada, yada. And one day I decided, because my sister and my dad were both alcoholics and drug addicts. Mm -hmm. It was like, they were they're doing blow in front of me that's why i was like kind of disgusted by the whole thing i was very anti all of that never smoked nothing just drink so as you were growing up your dad and your sister would be doing blow oh yeah not your mom though no yeah when my mom like went out of town it was all hell broke loose. right right you know because my sister would totally manipulate my dad and like you know whatever and um so one day i decided you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna turn out like them mm-hmm. i'm gonna try uh I'm going to take drugs, I guess. So, and this is looking back, probably the most alcoholic thing possibly think or Mm -hmm. say is, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do all of them at once, (laughs) which is what everyone thought ecstasy was back then. Mm -hmm. They thought it was a bunch of drugs mashed together, Mm -hmm. which isn't the case at all, actually. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And, and I remember very distinctly the moment being like, that's why. You know, they did it. That's why. And, but then I found out that there wasn't all these drugs in it, so I went and tried all of them. So what'd you mix up? Huh? What were the drugs, all the drugs you did? Oh, well, I started with that, with ecstasy. Mm-hmm. And then I think I did speed. Mm-hmm. And then pot. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a few things here and there, like pills. Of, and then I did acid and mushrooms at the same time once. Bad idea. Bad combo. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was like dumb. And then heroin. Yeah. And that was your thing, right? Yes. That's what got me. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. you were shooting it. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Well, eventually. Like as soon as I could get a hold of a needle. Really? Which when you don't know anything about anything is rather hard. Right. Especially since the dude, I, I remember now, he charged me $15 for a needle. Right. Which right. is absolutely you'd pay ridiculous. It. Right. You know? So you were still living at this little apartment on Sycamore when that no. happened? Now, at this point, I live in Bel Air. Because you've already... No, nope, like, I haven't done anything. Okay. I just, we found this a house. Lady. Okay. On, it's actually on Beverly Glen. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap. I forget how much it was. It was like $1,700, a three-bedroom, which is ridiculous for Unheard of, area. yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was in this house. Because what happened was my friend started taking XC. He'd never done drugs either. And he was always like making all these noise and stuff, and we're telling him to shut the fuck up and all this crap. But eventually, I just was like, "Fuck!" You know what? I it was, I did not turn out like them. I turned out much, much worse. Really? Oh yeah. Did they get sober though? 
my dad kind of has his own trip he doesn't he's not like sober as far as like a 12 step type mm-hmm. thing but he's my dad's super weird mm-hmm. i mean he's if you think of like an eccentric musician but genius like i guess they call it an idiot spot my dad mm-hmm. couldn't write a check to save his fucking right. life right right but if you hand him a piece of music that he's never seen before that looks like spaghetti, he could play it better than someone who's been playing it for a year. Right. You know, he's like that. So yeah. he's into all this weird shit like TM, mm-hmm. uh, Reiki, just all kinds of shit. Like this is all like normal to me growing up. Like yeah, now it's and like everything that's happening now. It's like right. Here. You knew about it. Tw- you know. Tw- I mean, I've been doing TM ago. since I was seven. Oh, you you did it when you until you were seven. No, I was seven when I got yeah initiated, your mantra yeah. and then I got reinitiated a couple of years ago. Yeah. Through the David Lynch Foundation. Yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're very into that. You're very involved with the David yeah. Lynch Foundation. I mean, I've, I've done a few events for them and stuff. and But, yeah, I got reinitiated and... New, different mantra. Is that what you oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They actually changed my mantra that I've had since I was seven. That I've never told anyone ever. You can't ever nope. tell anyone. I got... Well, I do Vedic meditation, which is... Oh, yeah, you know, he does that shoot. too. Oh, he does? Oh, yeah. Because it, it was like a scandal. My Vedic. parents almost got divorced over this goddamn table. That my dad had to have so he could look at it. It uh-huh. was a, a Vedic, had these oh, symbols. Oh yeah! And it was five grand. And my parent, my mom was like having a fit. He bought it anyway. Yeah. And yeah, now yeah. it's like in a closet somewhere. Yeah. But he does all that stuff. Yeah. So um, okay, and so you start, um, you know. So tell me about the okay, you, like you snort heroin or you smoke heroin, and then you're like, I need a needle, yes. and some guy sells it to you for fifteen dollars. Yeah. So I did that. Mm. Is it weird to talk about like two? I mean, not not so much. Um, we don't need to get too into it's, you it. You know, it's it's not the it's it's not that it's weird. It's just that I can clearly. It's weird how the mind and the body is wired because it's extremely hard to remember the pain, but it's very easy to remember the high. I have the exact opposite. Really? Yes. You just remember the bad parts. Yes. Well. As of lately, in the last four years, it's been more like when I see someone speaking or talking about it, I kind of like cringe. Right. And like I go right to the like I'm sick part. I'm going to die and I'm going to kill myself part. Yeah. Which is different. Before, I would see like a homeless dude on the ground and be like, oh, it still looks good. Wow. That's crazy. Well, you're lucky in that respect. It is the luckiest part of my sobriety is that my brain immediately goes to suicidal. It goes to birds chirping. It goes to wanting to die. Birds chirping? What is birds chirping? Oh, you were, that's when you do coke. You're doing it and you're like, I think I'm having fun. I think I'm having, and the birds are chirping and everyone's going to work. Oh, and you're it's like, the next oh, day? I want to kill oh, myself. Yeah. yeah. That happens to me now. It does? <sighs> yeah. Well, when you're staying up all night. Oh, so that's why you got no sleep last night because you were making this vibrator well, app. No, I, I finished that way early. I just couldn't sleep because I didn't feel good yesterday. And then I, what's weird, I have this like, I'm pretty sure I have arthritis. Mm-hmm. From and guitar, my, you think? I don't know what it's from, but it could just be, you Life. know, my dad has it. It could just be like hereditary or whatever. Right. But once in a while, my hands hurt so bad and it's so depressing to me. Like, yeah. um, but it's weird because like once like midnight hits, they start to like not hurt anymore. And that's when like I start to like, I'm a night person that's anyway. so weird about your hands. I think it's just maybe they just warm up at that it takes that many hours and I've tried all kinds of tricks I went to a specialist because I thought I had carpal tunnel yeah and he knew immediately that I didn't so wow. the only other thing is arthritis and I'm scared to like go have the blood test done yeah because you don't well, want to find I out I mean 
it's not going to change I know. the fact that that's how like I think though like that's like I, denial. I, I so relate and it's I don't know if this is you know because I have you know weird like disc issues and stuff like that and then I'm on the computer yeah, all the disc issues oh. would you think I said dick issues no I just didn't hear what you said I'm really deaf by the way <laughs> especially in my right ear oh really dick issues why do you have dick issues <laughs> I have feel sorry for me I have well a, then you the prime customer um and I, if I what the word this would I was going to say tragic. Um, I have this is a, actually I modeled this after myself that's, so that's I'm sad. the one with the issues okay he's showing this like quarter this inch thing, inch long vibrator thing as well, a phallic this was symbol. in some sort of like a ring that I guess you could put on and then it had a little button you could like just zap yourself I guess whatever but I think it's more fun to like be able to like you don't uh, look you don't know who's listening who might want to buy this right Avail, email me. And I mean, we'll I'm talk. sure this exists. I just had. Well, that. I will tell you, I did a story for Playboy once on all the vibrators on the market. And this uh -huh. was actually 10 years ago. And well, no, what they had, they had like USB things. Yeah. You could, and that's totally not. They didn't even have apps then. So yeah. I'm telling you, I, I support this. If I this. search the app store and find vibrator controller yeah. and it isn't there, then I might be in luck. You guys, you're hearing it here first. Like, what yeah. if this is your thing? And you're like, so yeah, I was a musician fuck. once. Now I'm a multi-fucking-billionaire. See, the good thing about being a guitar player is you can get away with anything and no one gives a shit. What do you mean? 17 seconds. Yeah, um, I know. Meaning like, it, I'm no news. Like, if I got caught blowing a tranny on Santa Monica right. smoking crack, the, and they're like, what does he do for like, oh, he's a guitar. Oh, those fucking crazy right. musicians. But if like some actor or some, anyone else it happens to, it's that a big deal. so true. I can get away with fucking murder, basically. Okay, that's right? our time. Um, okay, wait. So, well, and I'll explain. Right um, what do you mean? It says how close, how far. You are. Close. You are. Okay, wait, Rob. Hold the hold the mic up. The journey we have traveled since uh, we recorded yesterday. I feel a lot closer to you. You do. <laughs> do you? You're holding your backpack in such a way that that if I was a body language expert, I'd say you were scared of me. No. And you're not. But I'm just. I'm not a body language expert. Um, but basically, yeah, you are. I'm not. You? No, I mean, I guess we could say I am. But didn't you work for Playboy and like examine bodies? I wrote two stories for Playboy, but that does not mean I. That's examined. not true. I saw you on TV. Oh shit! You saw that show. I guess. You swing. What is that? What it was called? I hosted a show on Playboy because um, I got offered a great deal of money to do it. And it was a show about swingers. Okay. Where I was like the Chris Harrison. Where I don't know what, who Chris Harrison he's a, is. I, he, I've never seen it, but he's the host of The Bachelor. Oh. And so he goes and he introduces the people. And I would introduce like a couple would come and I'd be like, hi, this is who you're going to fuck. And then and, you went and watched no, I never did. I never had to be involved in like the whatever. And swinging's great. I'm happy for them, but it just wasn't my thing. And they completely replaced me as a host. But anyway, I never. Could they saw tell it. you weren't into it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they got a porn star to do it the next. That's what year. it was called, swing. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that does not make me a body language expert. Closer than me. <laughs> do you think? Maybe not. I don't know. I think you've examined a number of bodies in your time. Uh. Not as many as you'd think, actually. Really? No. Um, I'm wondering if we should See double... See how different I am after I slept? Oh, are I'm so much more, like, crazy when... So yesterday... You don't want my marbles back. Really? You want them off. Wait, hold on. So have you slept... You slept last night or the yeah, night before? I slept, I, well, I slept the night before, but I only got, like, three hours. Which, right. in my opinion, is worse than not sleeping at all. Yeah. Because for some reason, it, it shifts at a certain point. And yeah. You just wake back up. You yeah. know, you hit a wall and then you climb over the wall. Yeah. And then 
just, you just kind of deal with it. But if you sleep for three hours and get up, it just drags. Yeah. But I was just like, I was crazy. And then I couldn't fall. I was like scared to fall asleep. Right. Well, what you do ever you have mean? that feeling? Yeah. Well, I have major sleep issues. Yeah. I used to. I'm always scared. I'm just never going to fall asleep. Yeah. Ever. That's, I was just talking to somebody. Uh, I was a big You're trying somebody? What? You were trying somebody to fall asleep? I was How did, what exactly does that entail? This is, I told you I'm really tired. I was talking to somebody an hour ago about how our biggest fear, it's, the sleeping issue is just fear of not falling asleep. Yeah. That's what it is. It's That's not insomnia. That's why I sleep on the couch. Oh, well, I get that. There's a multitude of reasons. but Because the, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly oh. what I always tell people. Yeah. No, my favorite feeling is watching TV and falling asleep. It's like yeah. better than being on drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, and I remember when I was in college and we were always, you know, sort of staying up all night, um, drinking and all that, it would, people would say, well, if you sleep in increments of three, that's the best. Three hours, six hours, nine hours. No, it's not true. I think four hours is the actual number. I think sleeping four I don't hours know. is horrible. I, I just, I think you're supposed to sleep until you wake up. Yeah, yeah. So if it's six and you fall asleep and the buzzer goes off. Because you have to move your fucking car because it's street cleaning or sweeping or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. You know it says sweeping here, but it says cleaning by my house. That's when you said yesterday. Oh, it's street sweeping. I was like, I I was like, he's he's that's what it says learning on the sign. Disability. Like like it says that's sweeping. who would say sweeping. Where would you go to college? I'm gonna interview you now. Okay, yeah, I told you uh, an hour from Natick, Massachusetts. Oh, that's right, Trinity no, you College. You did not tell me that. No, you I, said you had friends that were went. Do you want to so know you what? You didn't say that you went there. Do you want to know what? It what? was recorded because it was on the podcast. So, And okay, I don't I know. Don't you could very well be right. But one of us is wrong. I don't one forget of us right. anything, and there's, by the way. Oh, really? No. So Trinity College, what town is it in? Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, that's right. Hartford, Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. I might not have said the name. No, you didn't. Um, But but wait a second. I was going to say something. Is that a communications college? No. It was a, it's just a like a liberal arts college, which is oh. to say you couldn't major in anything I went to a, that a, would be useful. I went to a high school that was like, I call it a hippie, it's what? like a hippie school. What high school? It was called Sudbury Valley School. Oh, yeah. I feel like people from Trinity went there, maybe. It's very small. Uh-huh. And it's, there was only like 100 people in the entire school from, mm-hmm. f- I guess, first grade or f- something to... So it was 12. like 10 people a class? A what year? class? What do you mean? You were all there together? It was a school where you didn't have to do anything unless you wanted to. That's great. Yeah. There's a lot of people that went from there to like MIT and right. Harvard and Right. I could shit. see that because you're just And there's a lot of people that were just, just smoke cigarettes all day. <laughs> so, okay. But so, we're, we're, yesterday... Do you oh want to know God. the answer of why I have the bag on me? Yes. Because I feel bloated. Really? Yeah. Because the pants were newly washed. You know how when mm-hmm. you just wash them and you put yeah. them on and you feel like you've gained 25 yeah. pounds yeah 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 I'm, so yeah female, i feel like that every it's day. nothing to do with my fear of you okay look i'm gonna let you have that okay story i mean i'd use pillows but the bag is already there yeah there's some bright pink uh very ugly pillows that you could be using that's not that's magenta magenta or fuchsia you know i would what? say that's more magenta fuchsia is more uh lighter like flasher um can we have talk- fuchsia streaks in my hair Oh, you did? Can we talk? That's not Fisha. Okay. Can we talk about how... Okay, so basically what happened that we sort of talked about yesterday, I dropped the recorder. It wasn't charged. There was street sweeping. You had to move your car. You had an interview thing. You saved the day. You you took my recorder apart, put it back together, gave me a new plug, and came back, which makes you... uh, 
you know. Why do people not come back? <laughs> what do you mean? This has never happened before. What do you mean? Like that you had to come two days in a row. You know, usually... Well, I know it's never happened before that I've had to come two days No, but I mean, usually I don't drop the recorder. Oh, I It's see. charged. We just do sit down and we do it. I dropped the recorder the day before you came. Maybe, I, maybe I was nervous a day yeah. before. You know what? I'm going to be honest. You used to. Why? Well, we met-ish, right? Yeah. I, when I was, I was new to, to, you know, to AA recovery. Why did it make you nervous? Because you're, um, you know, you're hard to read. Yeah. And um, and I would say like a little bit, a, you know, a tiny bit like standoffish to somebody you don't know. Yeah, I'd say that. And I you know remember what, is, what, what really what it is. Fear. I'm just really shy. Okay, I believe you. And a lot of people take that as arrogance for some reason. I totally believe you. And that's been all my life. Yeah. I'm better now than it used to be because it always used to be like, oh, your friend's an asshole. Right. I'm like, they didn't, I never talked to the person ever. Right. Or I'm an asshole. How's that? How do they know that? Right. And they'd say the same thing. Oh, you just don't know them and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, eventually I gave up trying to like fix that because it's just, I guess I just have a look on my face that's just like, fuck you or something. I don't know. It's, well, I think what it is, is it's also, you know, combined with that you were like this famous musician dude. Whatever. Okay. When I first met you, I wasn't doing, I don't even, what year was that? 2000. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't doing jack shit. You had already been like the corn. Yes, it had. No. I remember. I don't, I and don't. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what you just described happened. I will not forget this. I was like, oh, that guy's a dick. And then, um, was well, full disclosure here. Here I am. And I know. And it I really rem- takes less time, by the way. <laughs> um, not 15 years, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. And so then um, I remember being at this club that we all used to go to on Santa Monica, right next to the Troubadour. Um, okay. Like one of Brent Boldhouse's yep. things. And I remember <clears throat> there was this staircase. I'm I was gonna... walking down the staircase and I saw Shana Mokler throw a drink on Paris Hilton. You did? It was amazing. At that... Then I saw it happen again. Wait, I think I remember this. That was at Hyde. Different club, but yeah, same thing. Same idea. So, so anyway, what I was saying is... You're on the staircase. I was um, talking to Paul H., Okay. And um, and you came up. You were friends with him. I don't know. You came up. You said something to him. You walked away. And I go, that guy's a dick. And he goes, you know what? You don't give. He said something like that. He's like, he's cool. You don't understand that. Like, kind of like not everything uh-huh. has to do with like you or or he said something like that. Where I was like, oh, maybe he's not. Hmm. Um, so and and so then you know we never talked you and I yeah. or whatever. And then but I mean I just would see you around and um. And, and then we were Facebook friends, and then so I. And then you dropped your fucking. In order. anticipation of spending yeah. time with you, um, no. What I think, if I came in and I was just a total dick, pompous asshole? You absolutely could have been. I know, I can um, turn into that. Yeah. Not really. It's too late now. It's too late now. You've taken the my recorder apart. Side. Um, but the I fact feel that like, I told you that I feel bloated. I'm holding a Louis Vuitton bag on my lap to cover that up. Because you can't really be arrogant. And right. Right. <laughs> this is the this is the full disclosure room where all, you know people can't help but be honest here. I don't know um, about but that. but I yeah no I respect that. I mean what's the point? Well you know we're sort of at a point in life where why not just be honest? Okay let's let me stop rambling and get back to you. So so okay yesterday what we were talking about was um, oh okay I remember you're living at the apartment near here you're. Uh, you know, at life, you know, it's life is going off the rails. You're shooting heroin. You buy a needle for $15. That's how I started, yeah. Yeah. And then how many years were you doing heroin? <sighs> um, okay, so I think I was 25 and a, and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. 
and when I started taking drugs, period. And I went to my first meeting, I was 26 and a half. So you only did drugs for a year. Yeah. One year of, if you want to call it guiltless. I really was though. Yeah. I didn't know. Even if I had consequences, I didn't feel as bad about them as I did later on. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Why? That's a, that's a, a program, uh, society, uh, like, uh, I don't know what the word is like stigma. Like if you relapse, you should feel really guilty about it. When actually in literature, it says the opposite of that. Well, that it's a part of the disease. Yes. It, well, it says that it says, don't, you know, don't, don't feel bad about it and move on. Yeah. But it's a, people, yeah. I don't, it, and I'm not going to, I'm not the person who ever says, well, in LA, cause it, there's no such thing as like people like say stuff about LA, yeah, like I, LA's like so clicky and there are always these people from New York and I'm like, motherfucker, New York is the clickiest the worst city place. in the, on the planet. Yeah. And it, it happens everywhere. Yeah. That being said, people wear their time like a badge of honor. Do you think? In, uh, you're, Absolutely. You're saying in everywhere. recovery everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Hmm. And you can especially tell when they lose it. If after 18 years and mm-hmm. then they wind up dying mm-hmm. which is sad but That's if they had if why. they didn't know well they have a hard time their ego refuses to acknowledge that time listen doesn't if matter. it was the opposite like if it if the if people said you know it's totally fine if you relapse and you relapse you wouldn't feel so bad about it but they feel so guilty and their ego refuses to just you know raise a white flag and come back because they're scared of what people are going to think and say about them. Okay, but here's what I think. Like, I have a, um, I've had sponsees who go out and they go, I can't go back. I'm too, you know, God, it's just too embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. And, and what I've said is, I've never once heard someone go, oh, God, that person, they relapsed again. Except about one guy who Louis? literally has been relapsing like, er, no. Well, maybe, okay. Um, <laughs> Mark? Um, okay. Just keep naming. I'm not going to say last names. Okay. There are two people that I do know who you're referring to, but like in general, I have never, ever heard people say that. They're just sort of like, welcome back. That's awesome. How long are you back? I think a lot of it is in the head of the person and their ego. But that still doesn't make my point wrong. It's the same thing. It doesn't. Because their perception of coming back is judgment. Yeah. Um, which is what you do to get that, do drugs to escape that sort of you right. want when you when I used to do drugs it was well because it felt good but also it just makes you not give a fuck I know you know what I mean and to be the op to be exposed raw especially if you're like detoxing come right. back and you're like it, you're way more sensitive right you know and even if it's a lie it doesn't matter right if a lie keeps you from coming back right. it keeps you from coming back right. that's the reality of it you know right and um. Where were we going? Where was this? So you had a year, and I, I just am neurotic. So I had a I year of partying. Yeah. And then and then what made you go? You didn't go to treatment, did you? No. Um, a friend of mine was like, oh, we need this guitar player for this band, and we want you to do it, but the singer, if you want to call him that, is sober, and he thinks you do too much ecstasy, so he wants you to blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was like, blood was dripping off my arms. So mm-hmm. It's like way past the whole right. ecstasy Right, ecstasy, thing. whatever. Um. And so he's like, you know, the, the guy was like, oh, meet me at this meeting. I'm like, I'll go. I don't care. Because my dad went to treatment and like went right. to meetings and stuff. And I went to, uh, what was that one? Chinatown. Not Alateen. Was it Alateen? Yeah, Alateen. That's the, that's not. It's, it's Al-Anon for. Exactly. Place. Yeah. And I got really pissed off once about that. Because I remember when I was a kid, well, because my 
my dad. I, they sent me these fucking things. And there was a girl who had her own problems, and they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to hear it. They're like basically like, fuck you. This isn't the right place to talk about your own. I could see them doing that. Of course. Yeah. And that pissed me off. Yeah. So I never went back. Yeah. So. Um, so you knew about meetings. Yes. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, and I had a, a girlfriend in 1992 that was sober and I went to some meetings with her mm -hmm. and I went to some Al-Anon meetings because of her as well later on mm -hmm. in the early 90s and um, so he's like yeah meet me and here's the address I pull up it's a fucking house and it's like 40 dudes in a backyard in a circle and I got in my car and drove away right right <laughs> I did not go in right and then I went to this meeting a late night meeting mm -hmm. and that was fine so I just kind of like I got sober, and then I remember it was um, 84 days. I was working in a club, and one day I just decided, fuck this, and I drank. Mm -hmm. And I remember having, like, one drink, and I went home puking, mm -hmm. like, with one gigantic drink, but it was one drink. Right. And then it was my birthday, uh -huh. like, very shortly after that. Uh -huh. And, um, well, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to. You know, that whole dance. Then my house burnt down. How did that happen? With me in it. How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you when we shut the mics off. Okay. But they never figured it out. Wow. And um, luckily I'd gotten sober like a week before that. It was November 19th, 1997. What? That's my sober date. Is it? November 19th, 2000. That's my sister's birthday. Okay. So I remember calling my parents and like... Oh, Maritza, happy birthday. Could you put mom on the phone? And I told her. And my dad didn't believe it. Yeah. He didn't. He actually didn't believe my house burnt down. So, okay, that's With me crazy. So you were, you wake up, there's flames. Four o'clock in the morning. Ugh. My roommate kicks down my door. Ugh. There's fucking fire. And um, I was like, what? Because we had this house that was in, it was on Pacific View Drive. I don't know if you know what that is. It's on mm -mm. top of Mulholland near Outpost. It was mm -hmm. a two-story old, like, I don't know what you call it, but it was like kind of gothic, really old, had a spiral staircase. Mm -hmm. My bedroom was on one side and my room was on the other side. And there was smoke coming up the staircase. Mm. And there was a balcony between our rooms up facing in front of the house. And he went out there and just basically jumped off the balcony and uh -huh. ate shit. But the house is burning. Right. Like you can tell. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And there's a guy across the street, like a neighbor, like, wait for the fire department. I'm like, oh, actually, he said, oh, fuck that. I'm not burning to death. And he jumped. And then he like bit it. And so I went over the railing and tried to like lower myself down with like the cable wire, mm -hmm. like the cable Jesus. TV. Okay. And it was just stapled. Oh my God. And I fell. I didn't get hurt. But I had a friend, another roommate, who was a good friend of mine that lived downstairs. And I ran around to the back of the house where his room was. And I threw a log in it and just fire shot out. So I'm like, he's dead. So at that point, all of like the material issues of the house. And he did. He was dead. Hold on, just, I'll get to okay. that. It's an interesting twist. I was just like shock, like in shock. I couldn't move. I'm just like, and then somebody, I don't know who said, like somebody showed up or something. And it was like, I think Mike might be at this guy's house, like uh. blah, blah, blah. So I call, is Mike there? Yeah, hold on. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, he was shooting heroin at somebody's house. First time heroin saved someone's life. Well, I don't know about this the first time, but. Well. But yes, it did. And as soon as I got off the phone, I'm like, I had a recording studio. This fire started on the left side of the house and it's obviously spread to the right and my studio was in the bottom right and I went, oh, my fucking stuff. So I ran. It wasn't near that part yet but I just started throwing all my gear out the side door. The fire department managed to ruin that. 
but okay so so was that you've uh you've had a crazy life i'm not saying that because of the fire i'm saying that because of everything yeah it was weird um so you um so you have your 84 days you drink it's your birthday your hair your My birthday is november 9th so i got sober like on the 11th or 12th again and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't completely strung out so i was kind of okay luckily because if i i don't know what would happen if i was all fucked up and yeah. my, my roommate couldn't wake me up he literally broke the door down yeah which is kind of amazing we had two german shepherds that were that's who saved our lives oh they did okay, yeah because they were barking he woke up to shut them up right, and they would right, not right. stop wow. and then he realized there was smoke coming up basically somebody burnt my house oh my god okay um and so and so in you, my opinion you are um how long did were you sober then I mean, how long did you stay sober after that? I don't remember. Okay. It just became like a in and out thing for like a few months and then back and then a few months. I don't even remember the first time I got past like six months. I just remember, I don't know, my first year. Christ. But it's, it was like that. And then the times got further and further apart. Right. Like I realized, I don't even, I countless amount of times. Countless. You know, I got a year and then a year and a half relapsed two years relapsed you know a year relapsed and then then it got more difficult actually and then i started relapsing more often and then i just went on this medication called subutex mm-hmm. it's, is that like suboxone exactly the same yeah thing. and um i was on that for like a year and a half and i was still sort of it was that was a nightmare it was oh you're only supposed to take it really for five days and you know that people will stay on it for life, right? Oh, yeah. I know a few people that are on it. Right, right. You know, God bless them. If that stops them and they can function and they're yeah. happy, great. Yeah. You know? For so, me, I just felt it just was like an anchor. Right. Did you feel high? No. No. And it prevents you from getting high as well. I know. I know. But it's an opiate too. Yeah, but it's not enough to do yeah. anything. It yeah. just makes you not be sick. Yeah. And I've taken it at the wrong time too and had the worst, like... If you take it before you're, if you're high and you take it, you will go into violent, mm-hmm. like the, like if somebody like shot you up with Narcan, like right. you know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's like that. It happened to me on accident once. I was on my way to a gig. I was DJing and I was at the airport in Burbank and it just hit and I was like, I need to cancel. And the guy was taking me. It was like, you can't cancel. And I'm like, I should have fucking canceled. I still did it somehow. I don't know how. Right. Yeah. Awful. Anyway, so I stopped doing that. And then like, I just one day I was just like this final time because it just it's, it's just like kind of like a broken record. Yeah. You know? What would happen? Would you be sober and into it, and then the thought would occur to you, or somebody would be like shooting up around you, nope. or how would that happen? No shooting up. It would just I could be walking down the street one moment fine, the next moment fuck it. Yeah. Simple as that. And once that switch went off, I didn't know that you could turn the switch back off without actually getting high for yeah. a long time. Wow. And then, yeah, so that just kept happening. And then a couple of times where like some traumatic things happened in my life and I just didn't want to be here anymore. That sort of a thing. Like you were just like, I don't care what happens to me. Sort of. Yeah. Not, not necessarily I don't care. I never had that thought. Like I'm not like a, one of those, what you call a hope to die junkie. I mm-hmm. was more like, I just don't want to be me. Yeah. I just want to watch from somewhere else and feel cushy and good. Did you ever OD? Yes. Not where like I had to be resuscitated or anything, but I, I remember one very clearly one time I was on tour. This was actually the last run. I was on tour and we came through LA and 
I had been trying to cop on the road, which is awful. And I've never done that. I've never been like drunk or high on tour ever. But this last time, and um, so I went and got, you know, I'd gotten some from some other cities and I got from my guy and it was way stronger, mm-hmm. way stronger. So I went, he lived, I don't know fucking where he lived on Pico and something. And I had this routine where I'd go see him and go to the Starbucks, which is like on, uh, what's that one road? Like not Normandy, but Crenshaw and mm-hmm. Olympic. Mm-hmm. There's a Starbucks and like a Foot Locker or something right there. And I'd go there and shoot up and get coffee. Mm-hmm. So I d- was doing that. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. Now I'm playing that night here in LA mm-hmm. at the Key Club. Is this with corn or? This is Filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is wow. the last, this, yeah, the last tour I was on. So I'm, I'm playing at the Key Club. My sound check's at 2, 2 p.m. It's 11 a.m. I got plenty of time. Right. So I remember sitting in the car, doing it, whatever, and I shot up and I literally said out loud to myself, oh my God. Like, oh, I can't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't seem bad right now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But we'll cut to right after I said that, I opened my eyes and my neck is stuck down. Okay. And I'm like leaned over in the car and it's now 3.30 or some shit, PM. Like that is an OD. I didn't die but, but I owe hours you. passed and you were... From 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And you were by yourself. check was two. Wow. I missed. Yeah. So I go, oh, shit. So I, I'm like, well, I've already fucking missed it. So I went and got some coffee. And I couldn't hear anything either. It was like, ooh, really loud ringing in my oh ears. Oh, my God. And by the time I got to the heat club, the ringing had stopped. I mm-hmm. felt fine. And they were late. And so did you tell them? Fuck no. You couldn't because they thought you were sober yeah. or whatever. No, hell no. Wow. So I went and got more mm-hmm. and brought it on the road. And then it, I got home and then we did this fly gig and I couldn't get, and I was just like kicking on the plane and I like passed out all green on my singer and they figured it out. Yeah. Did and you- they were like confronting me and I was being like, the, you know how junkies, they'll over explain shit mm-hmm. to make it sound like, you know what I mean? Or like any way yeah. over explain. Yeah. You mean lies finally, or? Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah, exactly. Just like, whatever and and then finally i just i was sitting there and i realized how ridiculous i sounded mm. and how and like I, I just checked myself into rehab mm-hmm. but I, was that your first time in rehab no this is number three now the last mm-hmm. time was number three right is that los encinas is that the one that you were no, talking about that was number two um now question to go back so so it was when you when you were auditioning for corn that the lead singer said let's go to a meeting or that was a different no band. no no no, no. That, okay. this was way before that okay. that was corn happened in 2005 we're talking 1997 okay okay just some stupid band that never did anything okay really. but um yeah and then um and so yeah, I, I forgot to ask you before we start recording, so so we can take this out if it's not cool with you. But I remember during the um the like whole Charlie Sheen uh-huh. thing that you were kind of a part of that. Yeah. But I didn't know, I I didn't understand what was happening with any of that. Are you cool with talking understood. about that? Yeah, it's fine. So all I remember is you know so he was like going and giving the interviews to everybody, and you were oh and he had like a weird like reality show online, and you were in it, right? Well, uh, Charlie and I have been friends for years, and. First thing, I've never seen him, well, I have now, but at that point in, in my life, I've never actually seen him use drugs in front of me. Really? Ever. Yeah. Never. And I lived at his house after I my last relationship. He offered. Yeah. He's like, if you ever, because I was kind of talking about how I'm like, I get the fuck 
out of here. Yeah. He's like, well, come stay with me. And I did. Mm-hmm. I never saw anything. It was never any craziness. Nothing. It's nothing like what you'd think. It's like right. a family environment. Right. Like, I, um, he was going to go on tour and he's like, you're the musical director. Oh, that's right. And so like I wrote this whole intro thing for his thing and I sat on stage and like just made noises with my guitar. I was the most paid I've ever been <laughs> ever as a musician was that tour. I made more money in that one month than I had. I'm not together, right, pre- right, right. but way more. Right. And so it was like, so it was like a tour and you guys televised it. And I can't remember, but people. I don't know if it was televised, but. I it saw it. I knew you were in it because I saw it. Yeah, and it that's... was interesting. It was, I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah. 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 And no, there was no like weird shenanigans. You, like, were you sober worked then? Out of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause that was, was that like three years ago or something? No, no, no. It that was, was 2000. Like... Uh, I relapsed after that tour. Okay. That's when I did the last, that was the last run that I had. So that was, it was 2011 that that happened. Okay. And, um, Early in 2011, I think. And then, because my sobriety date is September 17th, 2011. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff happened within that one year. Right, right. But I remember, I, I right before the end of the tour, I got had like 11 months or something. And then I relapsed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the- like, I've relapsed so many times, I can't even, like, just, like, if the thought process of, it's simply just fuck it. Yeah. You know, most of the time. Boredom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I did it once, um, and um, and I, you know, mine was very specific. But what I was going to say about time is um, that it just—I'm embarrassed by how little of a difference time makes in terms of sobriety Zero. and reco- in terms of recovery. Doesn't make any difference. Like I'm, the imb- work is what makes it. But I'm, imb- you know, I work at it, and I cannot believe how fucked up I like still am. Like if this about was that. alcohol and I handed this to yeah. you, no matter how much time you have, if you drink it, you're done. Yeah, I know. I know. It's as simple as that. It's a really weird thing. There's nothing and, um, magical about relapsing. I don't feel, um, well, here's, I was just at a meditation retreat um, like a month ago and I the teacher said something that I thought was really interesting, which is, um, and since you're a meditator, you'll get this, is that, you know, people will beat themselves up for going off the mantra or not being able to stay focused and that the truth is that's the moment they're waking up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, that, that realization like, oh my God, I haven't been doing it. That's the moment of enlightenment because mm-hmm. you get to go back, which I thought was kind of great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you could say the same thing about relapse. Yeah. Um, exactly it's it's almost like I, I remember that one specific time where i had some time and then i and i woke up and i tried to convince myself i dreamt it mm-hmm. like i actually tried to convince myself that <laughs> yeah and i was just gonna and i was like oh come on it's not gonna work <coughs> um well also but, haven't you had a lot of those dreams relapse dreams no really not really you just do it no yeah no but i tried to convince myself and then um uh yeah it's really weird how after you've relapsed like the next day how very clear I mean it's just weird it's almost like you sobriety is it's very easy to take for granted I think I very easy because yeah. when it ends you're like what the fuck what have I done but honestly though if you just were like oh fuck I'm not doing that again and then just picked up and moved on it would be the same thing except maybe the physical whatever right what do you mean it doesn't mean you didn't lose the experience or the knowledge before you just made a mistake so do you think the counting days thing is is counterproductive i mean it's hard 
because that's what gives people goals in the beginning. Right. Maybe there's after a year they should stop. That's not just a, say that's over an a interesting year, idea. And that's it. It is an interesting idea because like if communism like, in AA, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> equal after a year. Well, because that yeah, that idea of well, fuck it is um you know if that's the thing that leads to relapse that's you know i because I, I i know with me when i went out i went out for one night and i went out to have a drink and then when i had finished the bottle of wine and someone had ecstasy i took four and a half hits because i was like i already screwed up yeah i better take advantage of this but it's only for one day yeah see that doesn't work for me it it was it was i, I was really lucky yeah that is lucky um i've done that maybe once and it was with drinking. It wasn't with opiates. Because if I get an, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I could, it's just like, but the, this last time, it just, it just was so fucking old. It was just so boring at this point. Yeah. And I just was like, you know, I was going to, I went in just to detox. And they're like, you know, you're staying. So I wound up staying for a month at the hills. Oh, okay. Unruly place to fucking get sober ever. There's, no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, well, what I tell everyone when they say they start talking shit about Howard or the Hills, I'm sober. It worked for me because I wanted to be sober. Everyone and I know, Howard did nothing but great for to me. Yeah, nothing. I cannot tell you the number of people I know personally who, when they relapse, have been through. I have a friend yeah. in the Hills right now. Um, you know that is the place to go, and I um, you know, I'm a big fan of Howard's. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, but it's just like if you go by the the patients. Like as, as some sort of direction, that's the wrong way to go. What you right. can't help it though. You're, you kind of like are surrounded by, you know what I mean? But yeah. there's a lot of, you know, sickness. It's like trying to learn from the fucking the mental ward. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But yeah. you're exposed to it. But you know, I've been. I'm so used to that whole thing, and I, I mean, I've been to detoxes and two rehabs, a lot of seeing his promises, a bunch of cry help and all this crap. And you know what? I'm so used to all of that crap. It wasn't like my first time on tour. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know what's going to happen. Right, right. And I just took advantage of it as yeah. much as I could. Yeah. You know? I didn't bang any of the chicks that well, I was engaged and I never cheated. You were engaged so, for a long time, right? Yeah. Like four years or something? I think five. Um, just like the movie. Which oh the five year engagement I missed it but I mean the title does say it all, um and you, we don't want to talk about that huh? I mean I can talk about it. Um, but yeah so I didn't do any weird shit like everyone else is doing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like sneak drugs. I'm like why are you having drugs? I snuck know, in. What's so the point? Leave. I know. You know why? Because so they have people on their back. Like I didn't have that. Right. Because they're kid. A lot of those people, especially well, at the I'm hills, th- the are kids. The person I'm thinking of, it's is an adult and he has yeah. he has a kid and a wife and it's like and a you know uh a job that is in the public eye which right. you know it's but i just don't know the point i don't see the point in going to a fifty thousand dollar rehab and having drugs you know they don't even have to there's no wall to throw it off you just I have know, someone come the, and get hand them to you that's the cliche they're throwing right? it over the wall um, but, um, I have a question since you just said about that, the person like in the public eye, do you, what do you think are the particular challenges of somebody who is in the public eye and staying sober and having all these sort of like, you know, yes men around? Um, well, first of all, my opinion is, which kind of contradicts what I'm doing right now, but to keep the anonymous part is there because 
it's not necessarily to protect people from knowing who's sober and who's not. It's to, I feel, at least for me, it's to protect if someone, something happens to someone who's blatantly out in the open sober. Yeah. It makes it look bad for AA. See, I totally disagree with that. I understand that argument. If, I've heard if it. If they but... relapse. But, okay, the craziness about happens, that is that, is that, uh, okay. You can't um, say that the, some, if somebody dies after they've been sober for a long time, that the regular person, not us, but somebody, a, you know, a lay person, if you will, somewhere out in the Midwest that just doesn't know anything about AA, but knows he was in AA and now he's dead, they're going to say, well, obviously that whole AA thing don't work. Huh? I don't even understand that kind of thinking in that, like... Exactly. You don't, but, but people but, don't know about but AA. But somebody there, they... They understand that there are hundreds of thousands of people in AA that are not doing that. Exactly. But do you think someone that's, you know, living in Cape Cod and Cape Cod, <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> like know living in some boondocks that right. just watches, you know, network TV and they don't know anything about AA when they see that and they hear that it's not. They don't think about, oh, there's 100,000 other people that haven't died. I don't know. It's like if, if somebody from it just It's not a Mass- good thing is what I'm saying. I, it's better to stay anonymous. Okay. Period. That's okay. why, I mean, that's not necessarily the reason why, but that's I would say that's one of the reasons why. Right, right. You know? I, I've heard it, and I and I guess I get the it. The yes men question? Yes, yes. Sorry. I'm no, making good, you good. move on. Um, I think that... It's that's a hard one, you know, because there's people that I know that are like paid to be around people that are, you know, to be sober around people, like sober and companions. Still, you mean. kind of don't do that. That yeah. oh yeah, I mean they're sober, right? Um, but I, I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm, there's nothing. I'm not talking shit about being a sober companion because you know what, it it it's up to the person that's doing it. Yeah, some you know are what I mean? great. If they feel it helps, it helps. That's that's the beauty of everything. I mean, there's no rules. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you want to pay someone $1,000 a day and it makes you stay sober for a day and you can afford it, mm-hmm. be my guest, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I, I've been around some people that are famous, mm-hmm. that were struggling, and, you know, the people don't want to be defriended in real life, so they'll do whatever the other person wants them to do, and they'll enable them in any way they can. Right, the sober companion they, person. No, I'm just talking about their friends. Not right. forget about the sober companion. Right, right, like, right. I know this girl, and she was famous, and maybe she still is. I don't know. But she had all these friends, and they would like put alcohol and water bottles and sneak drugs. And right. I'm like, they don't want to be defriended. Right, right. Period. Well, that's a yes. That's move. the fear. If anyone says, "What the fuck are you doing? You right. got to get your life together." Gone. Right. Or they're afraid of that. Right, right, right. I don't know if anyone does it because, actually, I've never heard of anyone standing up like to people like that, and you know, because because you'll be they don't communicated. They do not do that. Yeah, they don't want to be fired from their friendship. Yeah, or their posse or whatever the fuck's going on. Maybe they're an employee or something, which makes it probably even harder. Yeah, of course. You don't want to say anything, but you know, I that's really tragic. Did you see the Amy Winehouse documentary, by the way? I did not. It's amazing, but, but one of the things that I found the most moving is that her bit, her first manager basically was like, I cannot watch you do this, stayed in her life, loved her, refused to take whatever the fortune he could have gotten from her. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that, you know? Yeah. Really, you don't. It's hard, you know, I, but it's hard, and it's hard to say, like, you know, that's why some people, like, I know some people that I was really close with, and I just, they know that I won't put up with that. Right. And so they just don't want to hang out with me as much. You right. know what I mean? But like I said, I'm not, I don't know if I've said this. I, I always tell, I said it yesterday in the interview mm-hmm. uh, with E, which I don't think I, I don't think. Oh, I, are we, I can we can talk about that? Happened. But I was telling the guy 
that, you know, I'm not the fucking AA police. Right. right. Period. Do whatever you fucking want. Yeah. If I feel like it's, I'm sure you've been around people who are like, is this okay with oh, you? Are you awful. okay? It's awful. Like, is it okay if I drink around you? Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Like, if Seriously. You, unless you jam something up me <laughs> or put, like, I can picture like some model holding a platinum tray with brand new needles filled with, you know, like if that ever happens, I'm right. fucking doing it. I'll tell right, you that right, right, right now. But somebody but having it's never gonna a fucking beer happen. with dinner is not. Yeah, gonna, no one's yeah. gonna pull out a fucking needle and right. like, a, a, you know, a, like all yeah. ready to go Silver at tray. a party with yeah. my drug. I mean, right. as much but cocaine and all that kind of crap is much easier to come by. But I'm not the fucking hate police. I don't give a fuck. If yeah. I feel like, I tell people like when they say like, is it okay with you? I go, if I feel uncomfortable, I will leave. Yeah. But don't feel bad about any of it. Yeah. You know? What makes me feel bad is when I can tell someone's not drinking because of me. Oh, that's the worst. Like I'll fucking I, buy him a drink. I'll make him drink. It's so annoying. You know, when I was going on like dates all the time and like you can just tell a guy is like, well, no, no, no I'm not going to drink because you don't. Oh, please. Don't you understand I want you drunk because then I'm going to have my way with you. Yeah. Women don't, don't really do that. Oh, but really? They don't. Women don't do that. Women don't need to get men drunk well, first to of have all, their way with them. I'm joking because I've never thought that ever. Yeah. But... Um, you're you're absolutely right. Women, that's the um, the trade off that women have. You uh, can score anytime you want. Yeah, but you have to have kids. We don't have to, but you do. There's a lot of other reasons why. Well, I know. I'm just naming off the right. ones that come to the top of my head. Right. 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 Like, and somebody was, I was having this argument actually, not that's off topic, but I was having this argument with this girl. She's like, bullshit, you could go and do whatever. I go, even Brad Pitt couldn't walk on the street mm-hmm. and literally pick any girl and just have them. There would well, be, there would be. Maybe not that much, but there'd be some uh, resistance. Now, if a girl, if, you know, Giselle walked on the street and found some dude walking down the street and said, let's go, he would go, no questions asked. You don't even have to be Giselle. Exactly. That. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just making extreme cases. Even right. guys cannot do that. It's not the same. It's not true. Guys can't just go and, and you know, somebody was saying that about me and I'm like, well, thank you for thinking that yeah. about me, but it's absolutely fucking not true. You have you always done well with the ladies, or did the did the like you know Fuck musician no. stuff really? No, in fact, I was the most picked on kid. Like growing up, I was the most picked on kid in my school all the way up until freshman year of high school. Really, hands down. Like girls, here's a story. I mean, I was like, I don't know even why. Just I just fell into that like. You know, there's like a couple kids like they get picked yeah. on. Yeah, that was yeah. me. Well, That's so hard to imagine. Oh, imagine this. Okay, okay. So uh, I remember one time, I forget, it's like seventh grade. This is like, I guess sixth grade is when the, they start realizing about the opposite sex, maybe sooner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was way sooner, but mm-hmm. when they start actually doing something about it. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears> there <throat> was this class, I don't know, was at the end of class? Yeah, it must have been at the end. This girl that... I didn't really know her. I didn't really know anybody, actually, because I didn't have any friends because everyone picked on me. But she comes up to me. She goes, hey, um, do you want to go hang out later after school? And mm-hmm. I was like, of course I'm going to say yes, because mm-hmm. she's like one of the hotter girls mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And she goes, yeah, right, as if. You fucking loser. And she turned around. She had all her friends waiting. They Aww. sent her over to me. But you've always had like a really, you're cute. You've always been cute. Were you little or something? No. And they were all laughing. She walked back. And there was another one. Um, oh, oh, there's a punchline to that story. This is the best story ever. So this girl, her name is Kathy Hughes, and I'll say her name Go, yeah. out loud. If she's going to do that, No absolutely. relation to the other one. 
Wait, this Kathy is a native. Hughes? Yeah. I don't know. No who relation is. to the guy we previously mentioned that you were in the staircase with. Okay, anyway, so. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. So, I was talking to somebody, and I was telling the story. I'm like, I wonder if I can find her on Facebook, (laughs) right? Find her. Yeah. Now, she looks like a bag of shit. Of course, yeah. Right? (laughs) So, I simply say, and and I'm, obviously, I'm still mad about this. Yeah. I'm still mad, and I'm still mad, actually. Yeah, what's a horrible thing? So, I sent her a message. I said, hey, remember that time? And I explained it, and you did that. I go, thank you for that. And I meant it, like, it's a half and half. It was half sarcasm and half, like, thank you, because that, did something to me that led me to where I am now. Right. Right. And I mean, there's other fucked did up shit. Did she know what you were doing now and all that? I'm, I don't, I don't know. Right. It doesn't matter to me. Living what, whatever. Irrelevant. You know what she sent back? A fucking novel basically telling me to go fuck myself. How dare you say this? My kid is getting picked on in school. Would, I'm thinking, what the fuck? If her kid is getting picked on in school, wouldn't you think that she would like understand and be like so apologetic she told me to fuck off again because why because you like this is 40 fucking years later right right because i don't even understand the like what she was angry about like she obviously remembered exactly what i was talking about and she was just like just this whole rant about like saying her kid and like oh well first of all i don't fucking care about your yeah kid. yeah but her kid's getting picked on apparently in school like really Karma's bad bit. and she was like telling she goes pardon me but go fuck yourself that was the last thing she said and i was like unbelievable so- she hasn't changed and you know what i said and i'm usually never this mean anymore mm-hmm. and i said you know what go look in the mirror and realize that mm-hmm. as ugly as you were then nothing's fucking changed or yeah. something like that. Something actually was worse than that. I can't, okay. I can't remember exactly okay. what I said. But yeah. Yes. So no. The answer is no. I wasn't good with the ladies. While, <clears throat> which may explain why I married the first girl I ever had sex with. Oh, you, I didn't know you were married. married. I didn't know you were I did not want to. Uh, I've been married twice. Wow. Engaged seven times. Are you serious? No. Yeah. Seven times. If you count the marriages too. Yeah. Wow. And so what happens every time you're like, this is it? Apparently. Is it? Yeah. I don't just do it because like, it seems like the right thing to do. Wow. Yeah. So the first girl that like would give me any attention essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is my first ex-wife now. And, and the fact that you were engaged for five years to this, like, like the whatever, like considered one of the hottest, yeah. like how, like, do you, how much do you think that was like, oh, look at me now, kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, obviously when it's first at the beginning of the relationship it was um, well that just goes to that like if you want to look at it in the like what is the best revenge success right so if I look at it in that way as far as girls are concerned like back in Natick then of course right my stock went way up right yeah which I found out after we broke up really Right. What do you mean stock with other women or in general? Yeah. My social, my social like attractive stock went way up. And it's weird. I wanted to actually do like a show or just experiment where you just, you'd have someone be in a fake relationship for a while saying they dated so-and-so and and just see how the difference is between how the people treat them. Can't buy me love. That was the seminal movie of my adolescence. You never saw that Patrick Dempsey. That's what it's about. Is that what it's about? Does it work? It totally works. Yeah. And then she admits that it, it was... Um, and then what? They all dump him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, but, yeah. But, um, oh, I had something really important to say. Well, okay. Fuck, I hate not having a brain. 
Um, yeah, social shock. Yeah. I mean, we live in a silly world. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, with that situation. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just was... I mean, it, I would say until I moved to California, the answer would be no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I did better out here. I'm just so fucking shy. I literally have to be hit over the head with a bat. Wow. I mean, I, I'm much older now, and I can tell right away, mm-hmm. I, you know, but I used to feel not worthy or deserving enough. Right. I was just, that's how I, it was like embedded in right. me. Right, right. So I would never even like try, because I hear people saying, oh, it's out of my, there's no such thing as out of anyone's league. Right. Because if you just want to, you're just yeah. saying that because you're afraid to try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you look around at the couples and you go, well, wait, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's because it doesn't have to do with leagues and it has to do with personal connection and it has to do with, you know, all of these things. It helps you have a big schlong, too. Does it? Which I don't know anything about, but. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I can't speak for womankind. Um, You can't speak for who? Womankind. Womankind. I can only speak for myself. If you like a guy, Does it matter? none of it matters. Oh, bull motherfucking oh, shit. Oh, I'm telling I call, you. I call bullshit. I'm telling if some you. some guy, well, no, you're no, really no. into we're, him. And micro, we're, t- we're talking something different. That most women have encountered, and that has been problematic. They have? I yeah. thought you didn't speak for all womankind. Now you're speaking for them. Uh, <laughs> you're a hypocrite. Make up your mind. When you I have s- encountered micro penis. I have. I have, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Um, that's, but, I, yeah, but it does, you know what I'm saying? Though. I do know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. Wait, but okay. the, you know what it is? You know, what? it really helped. And let's just be honest that I fucking play guitar. I know. Yeah. I, you know, that's, and, and, and I didn't do it for that though. That's, that's, right. that's what's, I guess the greatest part about that is that I did not do it for girls at all. Zero. Yeah. And I didn't do it for money either. I did it because I wanted to be the best guitar player I could be. Period. Right. Right. You know, practiced for fucking eight hours a day and drove my drove my dad, who's a musician, crazy. Yeah. So I had a metronome taped to my guitar strap, going tick 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 all day, running scales and right. whatnot. But yeah, you know, there's like you know, I always talk with my friends about like this. How's it? There's like the. I'm, it's definitely in L.A. and I'm sure it's everywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like the billionaire rich guys mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily the most attractive people but not, I'm not saying like some butt ugly dude mm-hmm. and then there's musicians blah, broke musicians and we're at the same right level right right Isn't that right. weird um why is that I'll tell you something I, I, I am not a good person to ask neither have ever done it for me for me it's writers and actors it's mm. just fucking that's an unfortunate thing but I don't have that I don't oh too bad I don't have the billionaire thing first of all I would have been set many times but um but no. But you're, you understand what I'm saying. Though, I do. Right? I do. Yeah. It doesn't. It like you can be the rich guy and have that in your corner as your an asset per right. se. I don't need that. Any of that. Right. Let's just be having. A, I'll tell you a perfect example. My ex fiance Carmen. Mm-hmm. After we broke up, mm-hmm. went out with Simon Cowell. Right. And I was. I when I found out. First of all, I had suspected something happened previous while we were still together. Mm-hmm. But. It was literally like a second after we broke up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got some, I, I had a fucking Google alert, which I never, I shut For off. For her never. name? I don't remember if it was my name right. or her name, but whatever. And I was like, and I, I went, <laughs> I went to um, some weird noise. Okay. hiking and I had this weird feeling like 
I was going to get some sort of a mess. I don't know why, but I didn't bring my phone with me. Mm -hmm. And um, I came back, got back to my car, and it was like these go-karts. And it was like pictures of her with him at like Cipriani's. What's the name of that place on fucking Robertson and Melrose? Anyway, Chaconis? Oh, yeah, yeah, Chaconis. Whatever that place is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, I'm like, okay. I felt like that feeling like I got kicked in the gut for about 15 seconds. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I went, that's so fucking tacky. That it was that like that she went and like obviously was not like hiding like posed like, right, like right, right. a tacky yeah and b because I, I was done but when i left i was like right. i was already done yeah like so and i said to myself of course and then i said you know what he's got all this money and because he needs it right right you know and that to this day will work for me yeah you know yeah it's like Cause I was like, cause when you're like not rich and struggling and like you see that you're like, well, for me, I'm like, fuck, like I, I, I didn't have money. Like it just makes me feel like this big. Right. right. But then I realized I had a revelation at that right. moment where I'm like, I don't necessarily like, if you like me, you like me. That's right. it. Right. Right. I can't like, you know, bring that stuff yeah. to the table yet anyway. Yeah. Well, and you know, look, when that's when that's something that is really valuable to a woman, that is saying something about that woman that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that relationship lasted very long. But and don't get me wrong, I, think I he's love got a Carmen. Kid with We're still else. friends. Yeah. We're okay. still really good friends. Right. Right. And um, you know, and and like, I I, as long as she's happy, I don't care what she does. Yeah. You know, other people love to try to tell me. I I have a an, an, uh, a standing no update no anything with everyone I know mm -hmm. because it just doesn't make any sense to me why someone would try to update me about my ex that I broke up with three years ago. Right. Right. It just happened the other day. Yeah. And it just, and it, it okay. That noise it doesn't make me like officially driving me. Okay. The, we're in this room because it's quiet. Oh my God. Okay. I'm sure it's over. Wait. Okay. Sitting here talking now. Yeah. Put up a little randomness. Somehow wall came in the perfect order to make this happen no well look sorry listeners we we had to take a break and um this is the podcast that will never end and we started to talk about god in the elevator and that's a, um it's a long that's a whole other it's podcast. a whole other like hour and a half for sure um but 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 um okay we have to wrap up so this is what i was going to tell you when googling you oh no i cannot believe you don't know this what came up, rumors of the guitar's alleged demise gained traction on Saturday after an R.I.P. Rob Patterson Facebook page attracted nearly 1 million likes. Come on. those Wait, who that's bullshit. At about 11 a.m., clearly this is bullshit. I need those bullshit. likes on my regular page. What the fuck? <laughs> at about 11 a.m. on Saturday, October 24th, 2015. Wait, Wait that, that was like, is that a new one? That was last week? I died last week. You died on Saturday, according to... This so is So we are in hell. That's why this is never ending. That's why hundreds of fans immediately started writing their messages of condolence on the Facebook page, expressing their sadness that the talented 44-year-old guitarist was dead. And as usual, Twitter sphere was frenzied over the death hoax. Uh, others no, were didn't. immediately skeptical of the report. Some pointed out that the news had not been carried on any major network, which is good to know that it would be on an American major network. Oh, yeah. um, um, a recent poll 
conducted for the Celebrity Post shows that a majority, 88%, think those Rob Patterson death rumors are not funny anymore. They did a poll. But how many of there have there been that they're not funny anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Can you send me that link? Yes. I can't believe it was on Saturday. No wonder you didn't know. But I mean, how could you not what know? What happened Saturday? I died. Yeah. Like, I mean, Saturday, lucky Saturday. me booking a guest four days after his death. Yeah. Um, okay. So listen, we're wrapping up. What were we talking about last? I have no idea. I have no idea. Neither do I. Um, but I'm sober now. Four years. Ha ha. I'm not amazing. dead. Ha ha. Everyone, I'm not dead. Ha ha. What's, what's is November 17th? No. Where are you getting that? September 17th. September 17th. Um, well, look, this has been a pleasure. We would never have hung out. No. Ever. Um, That's not my fault. Maybe it is. I mean, look, fault. Well, you're not exactly Miss fucking Sunshine Come Talk to Me. Either. Are you, know you that? serious? I am not Miss when I saw you. Sunshine Come Talk to Me. No, Are you no, kidding no. me? I'm the friendliest. No, plus I know some of your friends and they're, they told me to stay away from you. That's such I'm totally nonsense. Kidding. Yeah, no, nobody would do that. That's I'm, what people say about me, actually. Um, no Which one is has, the best thing somebody can say about me, by the way. Right, because it makes you more appealing. Of course. Nobody ever said that to me about you. The only person, I, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but but um, no, I, I'm super friendly. I mean, let's be honest. Am I? I don't know. I think so. Um, it depends. It depends. When I was new in like, you know, doing the cabin thing and everything, I was just so happy to be like among the living again. I had been just holed up for so long. I don't know if I felt that way when I was new. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like, did. Oh, no. I really this, did. It's come down to this. Depends on how bad it was before. No, I know. I was bad. Um, okay, look. Don't do drugs, okay? Don't do drugs. Stay or sober. No, don't say or do them. Stay sober. Or whatever. Do what, do whatever you need. Okay. No, well, you know. Wrong. I, I can't stop anyone. No, no. And I can't start anyone either. How was that? Did you like that? Rob Patterson, interesting guy. Bet you would never have known any of those things about him. I sure didn't. Thank you for listening. This was After Party Pod with Rob Patterson.